0: Smoke visible from across the lower mainland will tell you what's burning in pit meadows.
1: We have located a further victim.
0: The death toll rises in New Zealand as British Columbians gather to condemn hate. Oh, so frustrating. He bought a Skytrain ticket, so why was he fined for fare evasion? You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening, and thanks for joining us tonight. We begin with breaking news out of Pitt Meadows and a major fire that could be seen across the lower mainland. People in Surrey, the Tri Cities, and even as far away as downtown Vancouver spotting the thick black smoke as it billowed into the air. The fire was sparked on the grounds of a nursery near Woodbridge in Kennedy. It appears packing material on the property, including skids and styrofoam, caught fire. Firefighters from Pitt Meadows and neighboring Maple Ridge working hard to put out the flames. So far, no word on what caused the blaze, the styrofoam not helping the firefight.
2: It, uh, it's made the fire spread really fast and it created the black smoke that you were seeing for miles around. Fire is contained. Uh, there was fire that uh, jumped over the diking system, got into a few neighbouring properties in the vegetation. Uh, those fires have been contained and extinguished, so this one's just in the overhaul at this time. We'll be on here for a couple more hours overhauling.
0: Now to the terrorist attack in New Zealand. Police confirming today 50 people have now died after a gunman opened fire at two mosques in Christchurch. Jill Bennett has the latest on the investigation and the outpouring of support for the victims' families.
3: Saturday in New Zealand, memorials grow by the hour for the victims of Friday's mass shooting at two Christchurch mosques. While people pay their respects and offer their prayers, we are learning more about the heroic actions of many who were in the mosques and came face-to-face with the gunmen.
2: There was one young guy, he saw opportunity and Pounced over him and grabbed his gun. And, grabbed the gun from g- his hands as he was shooting. His gun, yes. And he threw his gun, remaining guns and ran.
3: That man was Abdul Aziz. He ran after the gunman when he went back to his car to get another weapon.
4: And I just got that gun and threw on his uh, window like an arrow and blast his window. And he thought I probably I'll shot him or something. And the guns come back and just he drive off.
3: While the 50 victims have not been officially identified, names of loved ones have been given to family members. Their pictures are being shared. So too is the story from a survivor from his hospital bed.
4: Please pray for myself,
5: for me and for my daughter. Hopefully she will be so much
6: better.
3: The suspect charged with murder, 28-year-old Brenton Tarrant, has made his first court appearance. The judge ordered pictures of his face be blurred. During that appearance, he made a hand gesture associated with white supremacists. New Zealand's Prime Minister said the gunman intended to continue his attack had he not been stopped after 36 minutes. The police commissioner says officers and other agencies will remain vigilant, keeping people safe.
1: In terms of the security we have around mosques, around New Zealand... That will continue until we believe there is no threat.
3: Any fear in the aftermath of the terror attack is also being met with support. Vigils being held in several countries, including Canada, drawing huge crowds with a strong message for those who condone such hate.
4: They are trying to break down the harmony we have in New Zealand with the diversity, you know, uh, but they are not going to win jill bennett global
0: news and global's paul johnson is live in burnaby for a vigil that's just starting right now at a local mosque paul hi jordan Uh, we expect that this is going
2: to be one of the larger gatherings in bc's muslim community for them to mourn the victims in the new zealand massacre They are understandably stunned at the magnitude of this tragedy and say they expect this is going to take a very long time for them to process and to cope with this. Talking with some of the people here just a little while ago, they say one of the few things that has been heartening for them over the past 48 hours has been a very warm outpouring of support from non-Muslims around British Columbia, and that's very important to them at this time. They're very happy to have it. Here's what some of the leaders here at this mosque are telling us about how they're feeling right now.
4: It's a very sad feeling, knowing that our fellow Muslims have been slaughtered. It's not easy. It's a very painful time for the community overall.
1: We are a pretty jovial community, in fact, and we have Uh, The support we are getting from other communities, uh, especially from the non-Muslims, is overwhelming. So this is the Masjid
2: al-Salam Mosque and Education Center in Burnaby. There are about 10 mosques in the Lower Mainland. This is one of very few actual purpose-built mosques. You can see the beautiful minarets here behind me and the dome that's characteristic of mosques one of the things that they're telling us here is that because Muslims pray five times a day these are buildings that are very open their doors are seldom locked so this comes as a big shock to them and one of the things that's been going on here just since this massacre is there are a couple of uniformed security people patrolling the grounds to make sure everything is okay. They say they're getting a lot of cooperation from the RCMP and local authorities, but this, of course, is not something that they want, and they're hoping that this can return to normal as soon as possible, though they expect
0: it's going to take some time. Jordan? All right, thank you. Paul Johnson reporting live tonight. A similar scene in Mississauga, Ontario. The local Muslim community holding a prayer to mourn the victims. People young and old holding up signs of peace Organizers saying it's important to send out a message of resilience against intolerance. NBC musician Brian Adams posted on Instagram of his performance in Nelson, New Zealand last night, saying it could have been one of the hardest gigs in my life. The air was heavy with sadness due to the mass murders. He dedicated his song Shine a Light to the victims. Turning to other news tonight in Vancouver, police are investigating the city's third homicide of the year after a deadly attack on the downtown east side. It happened around 915 last night near Jackson Avenue and Princess Street. Police say a 19 year old man was attacked with a weapon by a suspect who ran away. Several witnesses called 911. The victim, Dakota Sky Wildman, was rushed to hospital but did not survive. Police say this was not a random incident and the public is not at risk. No arrests have been made. Anyone with information is asked to call the VPD Homicide Unit. Surrey RCMP are asking for the public's help to find a missing 40-year-old woman. Authorities say Seo-yeon Eo was last seen yesterday morning near King George Boulevard and 100th Avenue. She told family she was going to YVR for a flight to Korea, but never made it on board. She is Asian with a medium build and dark hair. She was last seen wearing a black puffy jacket and black pants. Anyone with information on her whereabouts is asked to call Surrey RCMP or Crime Stoppers. Bad news for Lower Mainland drivers. Brace yourself for a jump in gas prices this weekend. Right now, the price at the pump is about $1.49.9. But GasBuddy.com's Dan McTagg says that will likely change tomorrow, with gas expected to hit $1.51.9. He says the cause is due to refinery issues south of the border. Much of this really in response to what is happening just south of the border in Puget Sound, Two of the four refineries, uh, Shell and uh, BP at Cherry Point, which is a very large supplier, not just for the Pacific Northwest, but for right here us, uh, for us here in Vancouver, uh, are both uh, going through spring maintenance, and so uh, that creates a bit of a pressure as far as uh, supply is concerned.
2: I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, they're just taking whatever they possibly can and
1: uh, maximizing their profits.
0: What are we supposed to do? We need gas to run the cars, so.
1: I feel like I'm getting robbed, I guess.
0: <laughs> Neighbors are concerned tonight about the welfare of several dozen farm animals in the Vernon area. The house on the ranch where the animals are located burned down this week. And as Kelly Hayes reports, the owner of the ranch has been under scrutiny for alleged animal neglect in the past. <laughs>
1: A doghouse calling for its owner seemingly abandoned on this property off Irish Creek Road where fire struck Thursday night. The occupants got out safely but had to leave their animals behind including horses, cows and goats. It's a property the authorities are familiar with. It's been on the SPCA's radar for years following allegations of neglect. Too many different animals breeding operations and we would never do that again. Seven years ago, owner Carla Chrisman pleaded guilty to one count of failing to provide necessities for animals. In a recent interview with Global News, Crisman said she had changed her ways. We are actively trying to downsize. We are not
7: intentionally breeding. These horses, animals bring out a lot of emotion for people. Brenda
1: Tanaskat and Tia Comer were complete strangers up until recently. What they have in common is they're concerned about the welfare of the animals on Carla Crispin's ranch now that her house is burned down.
7: Every week, sometimes two times a week, I'm up here taking pictures of the horses because I don't want the public to forget. And I keep posting on Facebook, social media, that I don't want people to forget these animals still need our help. There is no hay down there right now. Um, There was not hay there for three to four days this past week.
6: Um, So what do we do?
1: Comer says she's been bringing hay for the animals for the past five weeks and has tried to adopt some of the dogs and buy some of the horses but says Crispin refused. The SPCA meantime says that it is in contact with Crispin and that so far the animals are being fed regularly although there was no evidence of that when our cameras were there. The SPCA says it's monitoring the situation and that the ranch remains under investigation. As for the cause of the house fire, RCMP are still trying to determine that. Kelly Hayes Global News, Vernon. And welcome back to
0: the NewsHour. A Calgary man is facing a costly trip to B.C. to fight a transit ticket he says he never should have received. His ordeal began last fall when he and a buddy took SkyTrain to Vancouver for a night out. He has proof he paid for his fare. But as Kristen Robinson reports, he's still facing a hefty fine and a court date. For me, it was just like a shock.
7: Carl, Lusa, Wovana, Nunu struggling to understand how a SkyTrain ride ended with a looming court date.
4: I was distraught. Oh, so frustrating.
7: Last September, he and a buddy rode the train to Vancouver for a night at the bar. Nunu bought a single compass ticket at Columbia Station. The pair got off at Stadium where Nunu tapped his ticket twice but says the fare gates
8: wouldn't budge. Once he tapped the ticket, he tapped it twice and it, it... It didn't respond to the tap, so.
7: When Chris Nicholson tapped his compass card to get them through, a transit officer caught up with Nunu and accused him of following someone through the gate.
4: I'm like, yes, but I have a valid card. I tap it twice. Um, It could open the gates.
7: Still, Nunu was handed a $173 ticket.
4: The charge says uh, follow through fair gates. This is not right.
7: Nunu reported the incident and provided transit police with his bank statement, which shows the date and time his ticket was purchased from the Compass vending machine. The investigating officer also viewed surveillance video.
4: The video even proves it. I tap it the first time, I tap it the second time, right? But all of that for them it didn't mean nothing.
7: Nunu has since moved to Calgary. Flying back to B.C. to fight the fine will cost him hundreds of dollars, including a day off work.
4: If I'm holding a valid ticket, my intent wasn't there just to come to stadium and start playing with the gate or trying to follow somebody.
7: After Global News reached out to Metro Vancouver Transit Police with the evidence Nunu provided, his file was assigned for an objective review before a final decision.
4: I want this ticket to be cancelled. That's all I want.
7: Kristen Robinson, Global News.
0: A police dog trained to help crack down on the illegal drug trade has been retired. The BCRCMP says Dudes is retiring. Dudes is one of the first police dogs in the world trained to detect fentanyl. He was the dog at the center of a controversial case in 2017 in Chilliwack. Despite detecting 27,000 fentanyl pills, the man charged was acquitted because the dog did not sit down all the way. The Stanley Park seawall finally reopened to the public after an unprecedented closure. The Vancouver Park Board ordered its closure between Siwash Rock and the Lionsgate Bridge last month. Officials were concerned about ice breaking off and falling from the adjacent rock face. It is the longest closure in the seawall's history, staying closed for 37 days. Because that stretch of the seawall is north-facing, it gets much less sun exposure, and any snow and ice do tend to stick around.
2: We ended up having to bring scalers in who were working the last three days breaking all that loose material off. And then last night, right through until midnight, we had a crew power washing and cleaning the wall to get it ready for this morning.
8: It's open again and it's fabulous for us runners. It's nice to be able to complete the whole circuit. It's wonderful. I love the seawall. Usually I do the hills, then I do the seawall.
0: Well, very busy. Has it been busy today?
4: Not too busy but people don't know it's open probably.
0: Well, they do now, and fortunately, today's great weather was just the sampler of what's to come.
6: Absolutely, and it's good timing that the seawall is open, because over the next little while, especially into early next week, if you plan on being outdoors, we're going to see a fair bit of sunshine, and temperatures are really going to start to ramp up. But look for today, 11 was out of the airport, but areas away from the water into the Fraser Valley got up to 16 degrees, and we are going to be flirting with the low 20s for next week, so we'll have more on that in the timing. Areas in the interior will also start to see a change on the way, and I'll show you some of the warmest days coming up very
0: shortly. Sounds good. The White Caps off to a bit of a slow start. Mm-hmm. They had a problem in Houston uh, today. <laughs> uh, yeah, they,
8: Again, kind of, uh, again, with the defensive errors, they've given up uh, three goals twice now in uh, two of their three matches. So a 3-2 loss, so they're 0 for 3 to start uh, under the Mark DeSantos error. They're you can see they're starting to come along, but, you know, as the games peel away, they're they're falling behind in the standings. So we'll have highlights of that one coming up. They did score a great goal, though. We'll have that. And speaking of great goals, Elias Pettersson, if you missed it last night in the shootout, maybe the most spectacular shootout goal ever. Certainly cheeky, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was quite an imaginary, really fun to watch. They did lose the game, but I think, which is good, because I, I think they need to sink down and get a high draft pick, but... Uh,
0: always worth another look at this goal is uh, one of the best ones he scored and he scored a lot of pretty ones and he's one of the new stars looking forward to that definitely all right thanks you guys see you in a few minutes in Ethiopia, local media reported it could take six months to identify the remains of victims from last Sunday's plane crash. Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302 went down six minutes after taking off from the capital, killing all 157 people on board, including 18 Canadians. The New York Times reports the pilot made a panicked request to return to the airport shortly after the plane took off. The report also says controllers noticed the plane was moving up and down before it ultimately crashed. Meantime, investigators in France have started to study the cockpit voice recorder of the downed jet. A U.S. appeals court has rejected TransCanada's bid to lift an injunction on its Keystone XL pipeline project. The $8 billion project would carry more than 800,000 barrels of oil from Alberta to Nebraska. Construction has been on hold since last November. An Australian senator who publicly blamed the New Zealand terror attack on Muslim immigration was caught on camera punching a protester who hit him on the head with an egg. The footage shows a 17-year-old boy breaking an egg on far-right independent Senator Fraser Anning. The senator responds by punching the teen. The boy was arrested but was released without charges pending further investigation. Anning has come under sharp criticism over tweets, including one that said, quote, Does anyone still dispute the link between Muslim immigration and violence? In southern Ontario, warmer weather has meant disaster for a community in Caledon after the Humber River burst its banks, flooding homes. Now hundreds of people have been displaced, and there is no word... When they'll be allowed back. What you're seeing right now is like a hundred year storm.
9: In his 30 years of calling Bolton home, Greg McKibben says he's never seen the Humber River cause so much damage.
2: It just covered our whole backyard.
9: The husband and father of two still in shock after he says water then began to spill into his home.
2: And then it started flooding between the houses out onto the street.
9: It was around supper hour Friday when six ice jams that had blocked the flow of the water eventually caused the Humber to burst its banks, quickly flooding into a nearby apartment. Residents there calling 911. Crews got on scene and they started immediately evacuating uh, some of the residents. This is just one of 30 homes that was affected by the flooding. It appears that the water here came up about a foot. It likely would have gone into the basement. In total, 80 homes had to be evacuated. Oh, and there's two... Returning home to rescue two furry family members Saturday, the Pascucci's say their basement also completely flooded. You
8: can't
1: access it, it's all high.
9: The city meantime focused on breaking up the blockage.
8: The plan is today is to try to get the ice out of the river to allow the water to recede.
9: And while it has.
8: This was all glittering water here last night. There's still no word on when
9: residents, many of whom are held up in an emergency shelter at this local rec center, can go home.
2: Probably looking at 24, 36 hours before we're really going to know.
9: Frustrating news for evacuees such as McKibben.
2: If you're leaving your house and you don't want to leave your house.
9: Who feels this all could have been avoided?
2: This isn't just from rain and from meltdown. It's an ice dam that they saw happening
0: that no one came to clear out.
9: But an event the city says is just an unfortunate act of nature. Jamie Marocker, Global News.
0: In northern China, a deadly landslide knocked down several buildings, killing at least seven people, and 13 others are missing. Hundreds of police, firefighters, and medical personnel joined rescue efforts working through the night to try and find survivors. Several children were pulled out from under structures that had given way. Footage shows piles of crumpled walls and roofs on the side of a slope. Some buildings remain intact, while others were reduced to rubble. And Nebraska is dealing with some of the worst flooding the state has experienced in 50 years. A farmer has been killed trying to rescue someone. A mandatory evacuation is in effect for residents living near a river, and surrounding roads had to be shut down to drivers. Parts of Iowa and Missouri are also grappling with the aftermath of a powerful bomb cyclone that turned some areas into swamps. The flooding followed days of snow and rain, record-setting in some places, that swept through the West and Midwest. To Italy now, where magistrates are opening an investigation into possible murder after the mysterious death of a Moroccan model. Iman Fadil was a regular guest at former Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi's Bunga Bunga sex parties. The 33-year-old died a month after being admitted to hospital with severe stomach pains. At the time, she said she'd been poisoned. The model testified at the 2012 trial of the former prime minister, who was accused of paying for sex with an underage prostitute. Reports suggest she was writing a book about her experiences. In health matters tonight, even the smallest amount of physical activity can be good for an older woman's heart. Researchers in the UK, US rather, tracked the daily physical movements of nearly 6,000 women between 50 and 79 years old for almost four years. They found that women who were active for at least five hours a day were the least likely to develop heart disease, that's regardless of their health or age. They add more research is needed to see the impact of light physical activity. In men. A new study suggests the Apple Watch can sometimes detect an irregular heartbeat. More than 419,000 Apple Watch users signed up for the study, making it the largest ever to explore screening seemingly healthy people for atrial fibrillation. It is a condition that, if left untreated, can trigger strokes. Electrodes inside the watch can record a heart's rhythm and generate a type of waveform. Stanford University researchers report that the watch warned just half a percent of participants, about 2,100, that they might have a problem. Experts say it's not perfect, and much more research is needed. The world's most famous giraffe, at least on the internet, once again gave birth before a captivated YouTube audience. April gave birth to a boy just afternoon today at the Animal Adventure Park in New York. More than 200,000 people around the world watched as the birth was streamed online. Mom became a social media sensation back in 2017 when millions watched her give birth to another son. This is April's fifth calf. And the polar cub at the... Berlin Zoo has finally been introduced to the world. The cub's mom brought out the baby bear for the first time yesterday. She never took her eyes off her little one as the female cub copied her jumping into the water. The still unnamed cub was born December 1st and her mother has been nurturing her in a dark den ever since. Keepers expect to see the two venturing out every day to play. Very cute. And a lot of people venturing out to play around here today, Yvonne. Nice to see that sun again and the warmer temperatures.
6: Absolutely. This is going to continue. We've been advertising a warm-up on the way. How warm will it get? I'll have more on that in just a moment. We do still have some cloud cover lingering. This is really going to clear out. It'll be a much brighter day with more sunshine on tap for tomorrow. Temperatures are to the airport sitting at 9, a northwesterly wind at 17 kilometres per hour. Areas away from the water today got up to 16 degrees and we're above the average for this time of the year that typically sits closer to 10 degrees. We're still in the double digits for Kamloops at 12, areas near the Peace sitting at 5, and 10 degrees for areas near Prince Rupert and Bella Coola. The blip in the forecast is still along the north coast, so we're still seeing a chance of showers, and this continues through the day. Tomorrow it will be much drier come Monday, Tuesday, along coastal sections. Long-range forecast, so a ridge of high pressure continues to build in. The peak of it across the southern half for coastal sections will be Wednesday, Thursday, and the interior still very warm for Thursday, Friday and potentially in towards your Saturday. Now areas away from the water could get into the low 20s. This will be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It'll still be very warm though for Thursday and then areas near the water will still be into the upper teens. A glance across the province for the peace tomorrow. Sunny, dry, a southwesterly wind up to 20 kilometres per hour, well above your average for this time of the year that sits just above the freezing mark. Winds are going to ramp up for Whitehorse Southerly with gusts of up to 60 for Sunday, a partly cloudy sky over the next three days. Here's the blip in the forecast. Coastal sections will still see a chance of showers. 11 Monday, Tuesday, bumping up with highs of 14 and 15 degrees above the average that sits at 8. Caribou and Central Interior will see some fog patches overnight for the early morning hours, dissipating by the noon hour tomorrow and then sunshine over the next three days. Columbia and Kootenai region, bright and dry. Temperatures for Monday, Tuesday getting up to 14 degrees, Thompson Okanagan with the clear skies overnight and for the morning hours. The wind chill feeling closer to minus 3 and northwesterly wind up to 20 kilometres per hour. Whistler will see a range in temperatures. A few clouds for tomorrow in the morning. 12 but Pemberton will be up to 15 potentially 17 degrees on Tuesday. In areas near the island a nice clearing is on the way. Northern sections will be included within that. Areas by the water 14 and 15 for early next week but inland areas could get up to 17 and up to 19 degrees our five-day forecast fantastic for st patrick's day tomorrow 14 areas away could get up to 19 degrees but it's really monday onwards it's going to warm up that'll continue all the way in towards our first day of spring which will be on wednesday and then on thursday we could see a change on the way it'll be late in the day on friday we could even see the return for showers we'll end off tonight with a beautiful shot weather window from Peachland, and this is sent in from monica jordan
0: all right yvonne thank you Runners from across the Lower Mainland put their best foot forward today in what's been dubbed Vancouver's best running party. The St. Patrick's Day 5K kicking off in Stanley Park this morning. The event also raises money for Diabetes Canada. The 5K also has an after-party promising green beer and good food. Scottish runner Sarah Inglis smashed the Canadian record for a five-kilometer race.
7: I'm so happy, I'm kind of surprised, like I've done this race the past few years and that was like a huge PB, and to win and a course record, yeah, I'm really surprised, by I'm happy, So happy.
1: Leaders Off The Ice is brought
8: to you by the Western Hockey League, world-class hockey and guaranteed scholarships.
0: The stereotype of hockey jocks is being sidelined these days. In the last of our Leaders Off The Ice series, we take a look at how skates and studies play out together in the WHL.
8: of the players that come through
2: our league will graduate from high school.
5: Unlike a generation ago, today each WHL club is equipped with a full-time education advisor, tutors are available, and study time? It's mandatory. WHL alumni Paul Curceva is poised to become a
1: lawyer. Guys, if their grades dropped would have to uh, mispractice. On the road trips, we had to have mandatory study sessions and school was seriously important. There was pressure to do well in school. It wasn't like, oh, it's all hockey and you can
0: fail high school. Um, There were high expectations.
5: But it wasn't always so. At one point, the league was viewed as a fast track to the NHL and very little more. In the
8: past, it looked like a league that was... just if, that's, if the NHL route was the way that you wanted to go, this is the way that you came. But I think once we instituted the scholarship program, I think that's really changed with the perception.
5: For every season in the WHL, a player accumulates one year of scholarship benefits, tuition, fees, textbooks, all covered. Individual clubs fund the program and last year contributed more than $2.5 million. Jake Neighbors currently plays for the Edmonton Oil Kings.
8: The NHL is the goal, like that's every kid's dream is to play there. But um, like you said, having good grades is really important. So if hockey doesn't work out, then you have the knowledge and the smarts to go on to post-secondary and have a successful life that way. I think it's two plan A's that they have now instead of a plan A and a plan B that great if you can go on to the NHL and have a pro career, but there's also that education package that a lot of players are choosing right now.
5: Initially, only about 15% of graduates were accessing their scholarships. These days, nearly 65% are taking advantage. Deb Matiicka,
0: Global News. And Barry joins us now, starting with Whitecaps news. Things could be better for the team, Mm -hmm. but it's a new team.
8: Uh, Yeah, uh, you know, they, they certainly, you've seen teams kind of throw uh, teams together and have instant success. Unfortunately, the Whitecaps are not it's one here. of them. But it's a long year. The MLS year is, uh, is very long. got eight more months to go, so time to improve. Thanks, Jordan. Uh, we expected there would be growing pains with the Whitecaps this year with an almost complete overhaul of their roster. The Caps were hoping to get some chemistry early and at least stay competitive in games and even get some results. While they have been competitive but now have lost... Three straight to start the season. All one-goal decisions today. They uh, battled hard but fell 3-2 in Houston. The Whitecaps, like the Canucks, have a Sutter on their roster. But this is Scott Sutter. He's from England, not from Viking Alberta, and he doesn't have a good slap shot. 15th minute, terrible giveaway by Caps defender Derek Cornelius. Albert Elise with the steal sets up Memo Rodriguez. Cornelius feeling bad about that. 1-0 Houston. But later in the half, Freddie Montero goes down dramatically in the box. Sold it a bit. It worked. Penalty awarded. Montero takes the kick himself from the spot. And Cooley slots it in for his first of the year 1-1. But the joy did not last long. A few minutes later, Cornelius' bad day continues. Takes down a Dynamo player in the box. It was debatable. It went to video review. And they ruled Yes, it is a penalty, so Albert Elise will take the kick and fire it past Maxime Crapo, 2-1 Houston at the half. Whitecaps created much more today than last week in Salt Lake. This is fantastic from newcomer Lass Bangura. Beautiful effort to curl it inside the far post. His first MLS goal ties it 2-2, but again Houston responds and more breakdowns at the back for the Whitecaps. Albert Elise doing the damage again. Perfect ball for Memo Rodriguez for his second. And that was the game winner. Caps fall to 0-3 after the 3-2 loss in Houston. Next up, home to Seattle two weeks from tonight. Well, it's been a great past couple of weeks for Canadian tennis at Indian Wells near Palm Springs. 18-year-old Bianca Andriescu of Montreal has shocked the world, making it all the way to the women's final. More on her in a moment. Milos Raonic had a chance to make it to the men's final today if he could beat Austrian Dominic Thiem. Raonic, 2-0 lifetime versus Thiem. First set, Milos with the serve and volley. Nice put away at the net on serve. Milos up 3-2. First set would go to a tiebreaker, and that's where Team took over as he hammers the backhand passing the shot to go up 5-1 in the yes. break. Took it 7-3, and he won the first set. Second set, still no breaks of serve. Rounich doing his part. Sends it to another tiebreaker. Milos is pretty good at net today. Beautiful volley there for the winner, and then the put away. Goes to another tiebreaker. And sometimes you need a little luck. Milos with the net cord and it falls over on team side. Half hearted apology there, but he would take the tiebreak even at the match one set apiece. Just one break of serve the entire match and it came from Dominic Team. Rounich into the net there and that was the opening that team needed. Rounich needs to improve his return game to play at the top players. Not good enough in that department today. Match point. And team eliminates Milos in three sets. Team will meet Roger Federer in tomorrow's final. Federer won his semi by walkover over Rafa Nadal when Nadal could not go because of a sore knee. Meanwhile, 18-year-old Bianca Andreescu of Toronto is the story in women's tennis right now. She knocked off world number six Alina Svitolina in the semis at Indian Wells last night. Andrie is a powerhouse who has zoomed up the rankings. She was in the 200s a few months ago. Now she is number 33 in the world, and she'll be in the top 25 if she can beat the German Anjali Kerber in tomorrow's final. Exciting stuff for Canadian tennis. Third round of the Players' Championship at famed... TPC Sawgrass. Tiger Woods did not have a great day, but he made a great shot at the signature 17th. Here's the tee shot, and that is perfect. Just a couple of feet away. Tiger's playing partner, Kevin Na, has a reputation as a notoriously slow player. Well, not now. Check out Na as he chases down the ball after the birdie putt. Almost gets it on the fly, and that piece of business really cracked up Tiger. We've got a big charge out of that as now having a little fun. He did not have a great day either, but nice to see some levity. Tiger does the same, and uh, they share a fun moment that uh, buddies often do on a golf course. Tiger way back in 43rd at uh, 3-under, but that's pretty fun stuff there. John Rahm was the big mover today, 8-under-64 for the Spaniard. T-shot on the par-3 13th and that is great to within two and a half feet led to a birdie rom climbs into the lead at 15 under rory McElroy played in the final group had a tough start but reeled it back in his best shot on the par three eighth from 238 rory knocks it to within a foot made that for birdie he's at 14 under and one back of rom englishman tommy flutewood had the 36 hole lead double bogeyed his first But Fleetwood also righted the ship at 17. Like Tiger Woods, a great tee shot here to within a couple of feet. Made that for birdie. Fleetwood tied with McElroy for second at 14 under, one back of Rom. Fleetwood and Rom will play in the final grouping tomorrow. Abbotsford's Nick Taylor is 32nd at 5 under. Adam Hadwin did not make the cut. Welcome back. The Canucks not only lost 3-2 in the shootout to the Devils last night, they lost oft-injured defenseman Chris Tanev for the rest of the year after he blocked a shot with his foot. The Canucks did sign another defenseman, though, Jet Wu, to a three-year entry-level deal. He was their second-round pick last year. He is currently playing with the Moose Jaw in the Western Hockey League. Now on the bright side, Elias Pettersson provided Canuck fans with a memorable moment during the shootout, Pettersson has faded the last month or so playing his first grueling NHL schedule, but the young Swede had enough energy to do this deke made famous by countryman Peter Forsberg in the 94 Olympics against Canada and Canucks' current broadcaster, Corey Hirsch. Maybe the cheekiest Canucks shootout goal ever. The Canucks are in Dallas tomorrow. All right, NHL tonight, Flames and Jets, possible Western Conference finale maybe in about eight weeks' time. Second period, Flames down one shorthanded, but they are dangerous, a man short. Mark Giordano and Elias Lindholm set up Mark Jankowski. Flames' 17th shorthanded goal leads the league, but... On the same power play, the Jets get it back. Matthew Perot knocks it in 2-1, and that's the way it ends. That one just went final a couple of minutes ago. Earlier, Blues and Penguins. Pittsburgh still trying to win their division, but sitting third, taking on the Blues, who should make it in the West. First period, already 1-0 St. Louis. Vince Dunn, young Blues D-man with his 10th of the year, made it 2-0, and then in the second, now 3-0 Jay Bowmeister off the nice setup from former Oiler Patrick Maroon. Blues take it easily, 5-1. They're now seven points clear of those in pursuit of a playoff spot in the West. Vancouver Giants conclude their regular season tonight in Kelowna. Last night, hosted the Rockets. Uh, Alex Kennock leipert gives the uh, Giants a 1-0 lead in the second. Now, Kelowna would tie it, but... Vancouver got the game winner from Dylan Plouffe in the third. Giants win two one. They hit the hundred point mark and they clinch first in the West. So tonight's game means nothing to Vancouver, but everything to Kelowna, who are tied with Kamloops for the final playoff spot and just this one game left to go. Vancouver Warriors still have seven games left in their National Lacrosse League regular season, including tonight versus New England at Rogers Arena. Warriors feel they are much better than their three and eight record indicates and are confident they can make a push to the playoffs over these
2: final few weeks. We believe in this group and we brought them together since the beginning of the year and you're right, now is crunch time and it's time for them to take it over the line. I mean, we're 3-8 and eight, which doesn't sound too sexy but we're in a playoff spot right now. Um, we're tied with Colorado for that fourth spot and uh, as you said earlier we, we control our own destiny um, big game this weekend against New England and then the following week we got it back to back with Colorado and uh, um, you know we just think the guys are coming together at the right time and all facets of our game are, are starting to play as one unit um, so uh, this will be a real good test for us this weekend
8: FA Cup quarterfinals, Man City visiting Swansea and the host had upset on their mind. Already up 1-0, it's former City player Bursant Salina curling one in to make it 2-0 Swansea, but City battled back to tie it. Then in the 88th minute, a controversial game winner, Sergio Aguero heads it in but replay showed he was about an Inch offside, but with no VAR in the stadium, the call stood. Good for fortune for Man City, who win 3-2 and are off to the semis. Meanwhile, the other quarterfinal match today had Man United at Wolves. And after a great run, Man you might be running out of gas, down 1-0 in the second half. Diogo Jota will fire home the game-winner as Wolves hang on for the 2-1 win as they move on to the final four. And we'll finish with the World Women's oh, Curling Championship from Denmark. Opening draw, Canada and Chelsea Carey of Calgary taking on South Korea. Tenth end, Canada down 176. But the Korean skip with the final stone at the end makes a great shot to get rid of that Canadian stone behind cover. So Carey needs to get in the house for one to force an extra end. Unfortunately, she wrecks on the guard and does not get in. And... Canada loses its opener, 7-6 to win, Korea. But a long way to go there.
0: All right. We are back with the story of a really, really overdue library book. Stay with us. It'd be expensive.
7: Clowns to the me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. in the middle
8: with you. Vancouver's greatest hits, Rock 101.
6: Here's a look at your snow report for today. Whistler-Blackcomb with, with a base of 257, Grouse 321, Cypress 327, and 260 for Sasquatch. Revelstoke with a base of 226 centimeters, 243 for Fernie. Manning Park 168, and Whitewater 234. Big White with a base of 250, 204 for Silverstar, and 180 for Sun Peaks. Kicking Horse with a base of 182, Mount Washington 224, and Powder King 290.
0: All right, growing up, did you guys return your library books on time? Yes. Yes? Usually.
6: Usually?
8: Sometimes there's always one that gets lost that, man, you cannot find. hard no you yeah. uh, try. It's not, not our fault.
0: Not. I think Sunshine Hills Elementary still has a wanted poster <laughs> of me in their library. Anyway, a B.C. library is holding a contest after someone returned a book more than four decades later, Wilderness Living, hit the book drop of the Courtney branch of the Vancouver Island Regional Library earlier this week. 42 years overdue. (laughs) The book was borrowed from the Union Bay branch in 1977, and it's apparently aged well. Staff say it came back in spectacular condition. Fortunately, the library capped overdue fines. Otherwise, someone would owe close to $4,600. Where wilderness living has been camped out for the last four plus decades, remains a mystery. So the library is hosting a short story contest. People can post their versions of where the book has been on the library's Facebook page. Three random winners will earn a book bag. The contest closes at eight o'clock tomorrow night. Hmm.
2: It's, It's really a mystery where it has been. Equally mysterious is who returned it. It was anonymously placed at our Courtney branch on Monday. And, uh, as far as I know, to date, nobody's come forward um, to, uh, to claim that they were the one who returned it. So my hope is that the book found its way off-grid somewhere and uh, spent the past 42 years deep in the wilderness helping somebody or a family, whomever it was, uh, survive and thrive uh, in the deep wilderness of Vancouver Island. That would be, I think, the most appropriate thing that happened with this book.
0: Very cool. We'll mm. let you know if we get an update on where it was all those years. You know, judging by the uh, condition
8: of the book, I don't think it was anywhere near the world. It <laughs> <that> was <I just laughs> tucked in somebody's drawer or something yeah. I think for that's 42
0: safe back. <laughs> Good point beautiful weather uh, on the way for us.
6: Yeah, fantastic. Uh, We've been advertising that temperatures warming up and we're really going to see that uh, beginning Monday onwards and leading in towards the end of the week especially for interior regions. For St. Patrick's Day tomorrow, if you're out and about celebrating, areas away from the water could touch closer to 19 and then we'll be into the low 20s for Monday onwards and this looks to roll in all the way in towards the beginning of spring which will be officially on Wednesday afternoon and a bit of a change on the way will be late Thursday and leading in towards our Friday. Sunball. Yes. yes, and a good, good stretch of them as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, that is the news hour. Thanks for watching. We leave you with scenes from Chicago, where the river was dyed green ahead of St. Patrick's Day. Good night.